Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We've been doing this series about money. I, I just, I think one of the most important topics that we can talk about in this city is money, um, because I think it is the number one uh, thing that people are bound by is money. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. The number one thing, the, not, not money as in the, you know, money is not evil, you know. It's the love of money that's, that, that, that leads to evil or is the root of evil. Money itself is like, it, it takes on the nature of whatever hand it's in. If it's in the hand of, a, of an evil man, then that money becomes evil. But if it's in the hand of a righteous man, I'm telling you something, it becomes righteous. You know, because it's, it's purpose, it, it just takes on the nature of the person that's, that's using that thing. And, um, but, but what Jesus said is you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon. And this whole sermon was, was about how there was a, a rich young man whom, whom Jesus met. And um, this rich young man, Jesus challenged to give up all of his wealth. Uh, and give it to the poor and come follow him. And, and this rich young man couldn't do it. And it says this, it says that he walked away sad because he couldn't give up his wealth. Um, and it's such a sad moment where we see this man just walk away from the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the one who could do whatever he wanted. And he chose this item called money over Jesus because he was serving money. Because he was serving money, he couldn't serve God. So the challenge was this. I mean, Jesus is not here right now. I'm not telling you that you need to give up all of your money and uh, give it to the poor. Although if God tells you to do that, you should. But generally, um, that's, that's not what happens. But God does call us into generosity. He does call us. And we have been talking about the tithe. He does call us to tithe, which is a tenth of our income. And, uh, you know, he may not be calling you to give away all your money, but he is calling you to do these things. And, and the challenge for us is to just question ourselves. If we can't even part with a tenth, you know, then who is, who is ruling over our lives? Because Jesus, God makes a really direct call. I mean, the tithe itself is called a tenth, or is, is the word, means the word tenth. He makes a really direct call. And so the challenge, Jesus takes it right to the heart. So that sermon you can listen to. But you have to understand something. This isn't about Jesus trying to get your money. <laughs> this is not about the church trying to get your money. It's about God trying to get something to you, which is freedom from money. You understand? And he has a practical way that we can actually do that. And that is through following through on what he's asked us to do with our money. You understand? And then um, uh, two, week two, last week, I, I, the, I, asked, I tried to answer the whole question of, is prosperity okay? Is it okay to be really, really wealthy? Is it okay to have more than what you need? That's what wealth is. And the answer is, um, you can listen to the sermon uh, online, but the answer is this, it's, it's, yes, it is okay. It's totally fine, actually. You can go for it. You can be as wealthy as you want to be. There's no issue with that. Um, 
who's who's been to places even churches maybe you're from a, a church background where where you you you've seen it done or had that feeling like if you've shown a little bit too much that of, of elaborateness you know that people kind of judge have you have has anyone ever been in that background I, I want to say something that is not of God what God has a problem with is greed what Jesus wants to speak into is greed and um, he defines that in that sermon that I, I gave last week where with um, where when we when we determine our value based on our net worth that's what where greed comes from when we start to think our value as a person comes from our possessions and he, he says life is 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 more than an abundance or of 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 our um, our possessions that's what he says that's what he says he said life is not there that's not where life is you can have all of that stuff but don't think for a moment that that's where life is your value is in him and the problem is, is we often, we, we begin to think about our value in terms of, I mean, think about it. Who's, I str- I've struggled with this, where we, where we walk into situations where people have more than us, you know, when we go to these weddings or when we go to these events where, where wealth is put on display. You know what I'm talking about. And, and you're like, man, these people seem more valuable than me because we are, we are actually... We are actually attaching our own self-worth to what's in our bank account and what we can or can't do because of it, right? Now, money is a powerful thing, you know. It, it, it is going to determine your lifestyle, but don't for a moment think that that determines who you are. Don't for a moment think that that determines, you know, your, your value as a person. Your value as a person is this, is that you were lost and now you're found because someone paid a ransom for you. He paid the price so that you could have an inheritance that is worth more than the combined wealth of this entire world, the trillions and trillions of dollars. And it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. But the, the, moment, we, we, oh, the moment we put our value in our possessions is the moment we lose out on the riches of heaven. It's the moment we do. So you can be as wealthy as you want, but don't attach yourself to it. Don't attach your value to it. Prosperity is okay. Greed is not. You can read about that some more. You can listen to the sermons online. Today I want to talk about when the righteous prosper. When the righteous prosper. And I'm going to, I'm going to finish on this. What I want to tackle today is why God wants abundance for you. I've heard enough of preachers trying to say, you know, it's, it's not okay to have abundance. The fact is, it is okay. Okay? Now, I'm not here to teach you some sort of prosperity gospel where if you give me $100 or 5,000 rupees, that God is going to uh, multiply it 10 times over and you're going to end up with 50,000 rupees in your bank account. If I could do that for you, I wouldn't be here. I would be in front of more people doing that. (laughs) I'm not here to raise money, okay? I'm not here to raise money. What I'm here to do is help some Christians begin to walk in the walk that they have in Christ, okay? And one of those those things that we have to kind of be edge on into is, is this, that it's totally fine 
for you to do really, really well, okay? It's totally fine. And here's why. I'm going to show you why. It's in um, Proverbs chapter 11, verses 10 to 11. I love this scripture. Love this scripture. You're going to love this scripture too. It says this, When it goes well, or when the righteous prosper, we got the NIV? That's, that's, uh, anyway, that's okay. I'm going to read it to you. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the righteous prosper, is there any righteous people here? Some of you are like, I'm not sure. If you're in Christ, you've been made whole, you've been made righteous. You, if you've chosen Him, you're righteous. It's not about your performance. It's not about that. It's about whether or not you can turn from your ways and turn to Him. Repeatedly sometimes. It's like, I've got to turn from my ways, I've got to turn to Him and let the Holy Spirit guide you in that. And when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Why would the city rejoice when the righteous prosper? I'll tell you why. It's because the wicked... You want me to look at you, baby? You got my attention, bub. <laughs> Think about it. Think about this nation. Think about this city, okay? I want to, I want to tell you something. In this city, uh, this, and I read this in a, one of these articles. Uh, I can't remember the newspaper. I should have referenced it, but anyway, you can Google this. But I, I think this is actually quite conservative. I think this is what we can see on paper. I, I think there's a whole lot more wealth here. But this, this newspaper said that if you combine the richest people of Mumbai, just the richest people of Mumbai, okay, that's a combined net worth of about $820 billion US. This is Mumbai, okay? There's around about 50,000 millionaires. There's about 28 billionaires. And Mumbai is in the top 10 nations of the world to have the most amount of billionaires. So it's in the top 10. So you're like, we're like up there with like Tokyo, US, and then you've got Mumbai with all of these billionaires that are sitting here. Now, I, wanna, I, I just want to say this. Because we all know that some of the people that hold that wealth, I'm not saying all of them, I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers. Um, if, if there's any pointing fingers, I'll only point it at myself because God wants me to walk with Him and it's not about pointing fingers. But let me tell you something. We all know that some of the, the people that hold this wealth are not righteous people. You can tell by their deeds. You can tell by the corruption. You can tell by what they're doing with it. No? We know when there are things that aren't being fixed and maintained, but there's taxes going towards it. You know, we all know it's, it's quite obvious, but we need to pray for our city. We need to pray for our police force. We need to pray for our politicians. We need to pray and stand in the gap for them, right? 
But I just want to say this. I want to push in. I want to get really edgy. You ready? Could you imagine if every one of those people that hold all of that wealth were righteous people? How would this city look? How would it look? Do you think it would be the same? Do you think there would be a poor person on this street? The answer is no, there wouldn't be. This is what this scripture is saying, and this was written by King Solomon. They, they still can't really tell you, tell you how much wealth he actually had. It is said that he was more wealthy than any person that's ever walked the earth. He was wealthy. He was stinking rich. And he said this, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And you know why he knew that? It's because the city had rejoiced that he had prospered. prospered. You understand? He was a king who was righteous. He was a king who was looking after every person within his city. Now I say that to say this and to challenge every one of you. This is why I am talking about abundance. This is why I'm talking about prosperity. Number one is because it's not about just you prospering. See, the, the money problem comes when we think prosperity is just about us. When, when, we, when we start to contain the blessing that God has for us by building bigger vats for ourselves, rather than letting God flow through us, there's where the problem comes. But when we begin to understand that abundance in God is about blessing our cities, things change. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it says, that, it says that God, well, I'll read it to you so I don't get it wrong. It says that now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Some of you got to get this. I'm here to tell you and to be that annoying person in your world, if that's all I am, to tell you that God wants to increase your prosperity and abundance. He will bring about an increase. But it's not for you. It's for the city. It's for others. It's for the kingdom of God. You're going to find yourself in a place where you have enough for yourself, more than enough. God is okay with you having more than enough for yourself. He's okay with it. But what he wants to do is actually have more than enough for a city. And who's he going to use to get more than enough for a city? You. The problem comes is when the increase comes and we think, oh, yay, I'm, I'm going to kick back now. You know, my purpose is all about my money and what I've made. I can just take it easy. If that, that may not be your purpose. We limit God, you know, so often. By, because we put our value in, in, in our possessions. We put our value in what we've done. And we think, oh, well, I've done enough. And God is like, no, hold on a second. I needed you to strike the ground like 50 more times. I needed you to do so much more. I had so much more for you to do. You think that was something? Well, look what I can do. That's what God does. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be... Can you see it up there? No, you cannot. I love you, Perita, but when I'm speaking, you've got to be there. Okay. Okay. In Jesus' name. Your glasses look amazing this morning, Perita. Very fashionable. Okay. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be... Okay, take that down. It's 2 Corinthians... Verse 9, 10 to 11. It's my fault. It's my fault. Now, he who supplies, I'm going to read it to you. Just take it down so people don't get confused. Sorry, it's my fault. Now, he who supplies seed to the sow and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Why does God want to bring you into abundance so you can be I need you all to say this he don't want to bless you for yourself I'm sorry that is not the kind of preaching that I'm ever going to preach here that that doesn't match up with our church's vision and what we want to see you see I want the kind of church that when it prospers the city rejoices You can clap. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants to bless you. I wonder what that scripture I did have was. Ha, yeah, I was meant to preach on that. It's okay. Praise God. Let me just say something. And we can, you can throw up that scripture that I had that I said to take down and we had that little awkward moment about. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake or for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. See, Jesus came from heaven, from the riches of heaven. And where God was there, God the Father, He is God. He came as a man, in the limitation of a man, for one purpose. So that you could have what He had. Do you understand? He came so that you could have what He had. And in order for Him to do that, He had to do something. He had to die on a cross, right? And He had to serve you and me. I want to just, I just want to put a line in the sand about the kingdom of God. See, in God's economy, the rich serve the poor. Not the poor serving the rich. See, He became... He became poor so that you could become 
He became poor so that you could become. Now, I'm not just talking about money here. I know it's way more than that. It's spiritual riches. It's spiritual blessing. It's a harvest of righteousness. It's other things. But I'm telling you something. Whenever you see these things talked about in terms of spiritual blessing, you can also attach money to it. It's all good. Because you begin to see the world in a different way. You begin to do life differently and there will as a result. If you, I mean, just think about it. If you think of a person who is, who is insecure and is not sure and everything they do in life is, is not, they're not sure about because they, they're so, their self-worth is so low that, that they've just stopped dreaming and they come into the kingdom of God and, and they get a dream and they get healed. Pain from the past goes all of, those stuff, all of that stuff that's been said to them and all the negativity just comes off their world and they begin to dream again and they begin to dream of a business idea and they begin to prosper in that business. Listen, it's because of God. But let me tell you something. Someone came and served and became poor so that someone could come and walk in that richness. In God's economy, the rich serve the poor. In the world's economy, the poor serve the rich. I'm here to tell someone today that when God brings you into abundance, when God brings you into a place where you've got more than enough, start to serve. Don't think the world is going to start serving you. We are here to be a difference. We are here to bring change to this city. We are here to see something different happen. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. That's why we serve in this place. That's why we will not hire staff to put out the food and all of that sort of stuff. We have one lady who faithfully comes in and helps out. Everything else here that you can see is volunteered for. You know why? We could actually hire an army of staff if we wanted to, but I will not because we need to learn how to serve this city. For every lost person that comes into this place, they need to be served. They need to see what the kingdom of God is really about. And that is the rich serving the poor. There are spiritually poor people who have been searching all their lives to see something change in their world. We need to serve them. Is someone getting excited with me on this? Am I speaking to someone today? Let me tell you something. This thing I'm talking about today will be the thing that changes this city. This thing I'm talking about today will become a life message for some of us. I feel like this is like the number one thing I need to begin to preach into. I'm feeling this. I need to begin to speak into this because we have to break atmospheres. There has been a, a poverty spirit on this city. There are people who live in this city who, who are acting like poor people when they're incredibly rich. Because someone has said to them, oh, don't show off, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do all of the don'ts, and they're just hoarding wealth. But it's not for them. What's, what good is it when it's all the way in the bank, 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 and they kind of got so much they don't know? What good is it? Yeah. It's for the city. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices because the righteous, one, the righteous understand one thing, that blessing is to go through you. Yeah. That you become a conduit of God's purposes on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Yeah. Whoo!
why the city is overwhelming. This city overwhelms me. When I first came, I prayed like God. Um, I prayed several things. But one of the things I prayed was like, God, like, I can see need out here. But I, I mean, even if I wind my window down for that person that, and I give them some money out the window, if, if there's, there's like 20 other people that are waiting to see that window come down who have been out there all day, they're dry, they're thirsty, they need some food and they know that food ain't going to be on the table unless they bring home some money. And they see the white guy putting his window down, they all get excited and they're running at my window. I'm like, God, I'm trying to be like Mr. Good over here doing the right thing. And, and I, I'm overwhelmed by the need. I remember the first time I came to India. It was before the airports are as nice as they are now and it wasn't, uh, it, the, the, the poverty wasn't hidden as well as it, is, as it is now. And now it's well hidden. It's still there. <coughs> Some of us are here to change that. But anyway, I'm not going to go there. I remember... The first time, it wasn't at Mumbai, it was actually Calcutta. We landed in Calcutta and, oh my God, I couldn't believe the poverty. There was like three, four hundred people begging at the airport where you walk in out of, the, out of the airport doors and into that gate where you come into the city. And it was my first time, little old Ryan, like from Perth, two million people, like, and as Perth, like Australia's really clean and neat and tidy and everything's like... You know, we have, we have things that we, we hide all of our stuff too. But, but I, I, there's so many, so many people that were begging. I was so overwhelmed. Who knows what I'm talking about? The moment you start thinking about changing this nation, it's like, it ain't going to change, man. The moment you start thinking about, oh, we need to change the corruption and what Modi's doing, bless his heart and bless him and all of that sort of stuff. But the amount of conversations I've had where people are saying, it ain't never going to change. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Because it's overwhelming. The spiritual poverty of this place is overwhelming. The, 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 the physical poverty is overwhelming. I want to show you our, our vision statement if you've got it. Perita, you're doing a great job. God is love. This is our vision statement. God is light. His love is our heart to give. His light is the truth we speak. We are a city on a hill that gives what we've freely received. I want you to begin to live this out as the church. God is going to bless you so that you can give what you've freely received. But what do we do with that overwhelming feeling? Well, it's not the first time that someone was overwhelmed by the need. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 21. You may have heard of this story. I've got to move because I, I took up all my time prophesying over people and encouraging people and, you know, bringing... You know, and that I, it's just now I can't preach. <laughs> we should maybe become one of those churches that goes for four hours. Anybody into that? <laughs> oh, some people said yes. Okay. <laughs> Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to be done in a moment. This is a story where Jesus had been traveling around and oh, tons of people were getting healed and getting set free. And, and Jesus had, had developed a bit of a, a following by this point. In fact, there were thousands of people that were following him everywhere he went. And uh, <clears throat> I'll start from verse 13. It says, when Jesus had heard what had happened, he withdrew from... Uh, uh, this was about John the Baptist. Uh, 
he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed those who were ill. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a, it's a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Disciples, their answer is a funny thing. Well, we have Jesus, five fishes or five loaves of bread two fish we got five loaves and we got two fish Jesus what you saying I feed them exactly what are we going to feed them with Hello? At that point, the disciples felt what I know I felt when I've looked out on this city. What I know you felt when you thought about bringing change to poverty. What difference is what I've got going to make to them? What difference is it going to do? How can what I've got do anything for those thousands, millions of people? Here's the answer. Verse 18. Bring them here to me. What Jesus is asking you, what he was asking them, he said, what do you got? Five loaves, two fish. All right, I came here today. I'm on my last 5,000 rupees. <laughs> 5,000 rupees. I'm over here. I'm on my last five. I don't know where you're at. Okay, but it ain't about that. It's not about that. The disciples, Jesus, he did this on purpose. Where he said, you feed them. You know what Jesus is telling us to do about this city? Oh God, you've got to bring in some other things here. There's got to be some other stuff happening. You feed them. Somebody's got to get there. I'm here to challenge thinking. I'm here to make someone think a little bit bigger. If one person from here gets a little bit bigger on the inside and begins to dream bigger and begins to think, well, hold on, how could we feed them? What could we do? But Jesus gives the answer when he says, bring that fish and those five loaves, bring it to me. And he said, told the people, 
Sit down on the grass. Everybody, sit down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the, lo- broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Jesus took what they had, he broke it, and did he give it to the people himself? He gave it back. He gave it back to his disciples. But before he gave it back, he had broken and multiplied it. Some of you got to hear this. What can I do? Bring it to the storehouse. Bring it in. Don't hold back. You want to see change? Bring it to the storehouse. Bring it to Jesus. And He will give it back. And when it comes back, it will be broken and multiplied. He told the people to sit down. He took the five loaves and looked up to heaven. He gave thanks, broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were... It's abundance. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. In other words, it was probably, on a, on, a, on a conservative estimation, probably around about 15,000 people there that day that ate. Who multiplied it? Jesus. What can I bring? What can I bring? What can I do to make a change? What can I do? Listen. Start first with trusting that God wants to take you into a place where you've never been before. Some of you have never been into this place. Jesus, I said this at the start. He, he, he makes a direct call in our financial world by saying, bring the tenth. He makes a direct call. Why does he do that? He wants you to know who, who your provider is. But it's more than that. He wants prosperity to begin to flow through the church. This city is full of broken down old church buildings that have not been maintained. That have so much potential, it's ridiculous. They're just sitting there. Could you imagine if each one of those places began to become places where abundance was flowing? the city would change overnight. I'm telling you, we have to begin to believe this. I'm going to say, we have to begin to believe this. And if we don't, everything will remain the same. Luke 6.38 says this, it says, Give, and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into 
your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured out to you. You know why? Not because God is some legalistic God who's like some karma sort of thing. Forget all of that. It's because God is looking for available people to bless so that he can bless through them. That's what he is looking for. I mean, your salvation is paid for on the cross. We, when, we begin to, we did, when we begin to believe in God, this is not some sort of message to say, you know, if you're a Christian, you need to give your money. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is this, is there is something that God wants to take you into now that you are saved. Now that you have been made whole. That has the potential not to just change you, but change everything. Everything. I dream of a day when we can feed 10,000 people a week out of this church. Come on. Where we have got so much abundance. But I'm throwing it out to you. If you begin to believe this and begin to walk in this, I'm telling you, your life will begin to change. Some of you just got to start thinking bigger. Some of you are just limited in this like paradigm, like... It's just going to be like this. No, it's not. Who told you that? It's not going to drop automatically into your bank account. That's what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about where God begins to bless what you do, where ideas begin to flow. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.